We got to turn that up. Let's go. That's a mood. That song is a mood. What's up, everybody? Hey, we need to talk. It's time. Y'all came on the right night. We're, uh, hey, y'all, y'all turn in the word to 1 Corinthians 7. That's where we're going to camp out. Y'all ready? He said he ain't wasting no time. Y'all, I'm prayed up. I'm ready to throw some punches tonight. I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Justin. My wife is in here somewhere. There she is back there. What's up, girl? Um, in, in, uh, we've been married two and a half years. It'll be three years in May. And I want to let you know marriage is awesome. Marriage is so good. Uh, marriage is probably one of the best things that I've experienced aside from my relationship with Christ um, because she makes me better. Come on. Uh, fellas, find you a good girl. Ladies out here, don't settle for no dumb dumb. Let's go. Don't settle. Don't settle. Hey, uh, I do want to share with you. So, I, I took Emily to uh, a Trav's game first first date. Let's go. I was like, girl, I know where I'm taking you. Uh, took her to a Trav's game. Took her to talk, uh, Heights Taco down there in, in Little Rock. This is a picture. This is a picture. Of our first date. You can see my blue bubble gum. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I that was cool or what. But uh, and this was Emily's face as soon as I asked her out. <laughs> I dug that one from the deep. That was her in college. SOS. Who's, who's on SOS in the house? One, two. We got two. You were a team leader, weren't you? What's your team? Come on, the convicts. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and here's us on our wedding day. That's, let me just tell y'all, that's real life every day in marriage. Looking your best, feeling your best, smiling and laughing. That's all I'm going to say. I'm kidding. That's a, that's a big part of marriage, but uh, that ain't all of it. Uh, man, marriage is awesome, though. And we are talking about singleness tonight. I thought y'all would be a little bit more excited. Yeah, I thought y'all would be a little bit more excited. Here's the thing, here's the thing though. Here's the thing, though. Nobody really is excited to talk about singleness. You know what I'm saying? It's like singleness. Woo, let's go. Nobody's like, I'm here for life. Woo. Nobody's there. Nobody's in that zone. But let me tell you something. If you get singleness right, you're going to love every other season that you walk into. So, but there's a lot of pressure that comes with February. How many of y'all dating in the house? How many, how many guys are dating? Okay, a couple of you. Y'all can, y'all can feel me then. Uh, there's just a lot of pressure. There's roses everywhere you look. There's chocolates abounding. There's chocolates overflowing everywhere. Uh, the ladies in our lives expect the most elaborate romantic plans we have ever come up with. Probably because of The Bachelor. But I don't know. We're not taking you on a helicopter ride. I'm just telling you. You're going to have to lower your standards. But February is so good. Uh, month of love. We're talking about relationships. Uh, just a little story before we jump in. So when I was a kid, probably five or seven, uh, how many of y'all sports fans in the house? Let's go. This side of the room. This side of the room. Um, 
so I was five or seven. I played baseball. I played baseball from like when I was three or four years old till I was probably almost 20. So it's a lot of baseball. And one of my favorite teams was the 1990s Atlanta Braves. How many of y'all Braves fans in the house? This is, let, let me show you this picture. This is, you got Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Javier Lopez, Mike Lemke. Uh, you got Fred McGriff somewhere up in there. I don't even know who that is. You're like, who is he talking about? Just a bunch of old guys that used to play baseball, some of the best uh, in baseball. But when, when, uh, it, when I was about six or seven years old, my dad, I was the heir to the free kingdom, the free empire. And so my dad had been, since he was probably 15 or 16, had been saving this uh, credit card, or credit card, <laughs> uh, collecting card, baseball card collection. He had been collecting these things. And so this, this dude had a huge three-inch binder with sleeves. How many of y'all collected cards for a little while? They had the sleeves with all the card slots in it. And so it, that thing was full. Every single team, every single player in the book, in that thing. This is impressive. And this was back in the day when credit, or credit cards, I don't know why I keep saying that. Uh, the Lord's got a word for you today, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> these baseball cards, or, or any sports cards, you could sell these for a ridiculous amount if you had the right one. Um, you could probably still do it today, I don't know. But uh, my dad, one year, decided that it was time to pass on the inheritance. And so one day I received this three-inch three-ring binder full of these baseball cards. And my face said it all. My face was like, what? I'm like, what are you doing handing me a book of cards? I, I don't understand. Six or seven years old, he's like, these are all the cards I've ever collected. I want you to have these. And there was a shoebox full of the rest of them. The thing I didn't know is at some point, I could probably sell these for hundreds, if not maybe $1,000 per card if I had the right cards. Y'all know what I'm saying? Some of y'all that collect, y'all know what I'm saying. I didn't know the value of what, was I, what I was holding. I was wanting something like a remote control car. I was wanting something like a new baseball glove, a new bat, like hit dingers with. You know what I'm saying? I, I need something I need to use now. What can, what's beneficial right now for me? And likewise, in our relationships and our season of singleness, we don't recognize the power or the value of investing in this season of singleness right now. If I knew the value of the baseball cards, I would have been a little bit more excited and I wouldn't have been like, I, I wouldn't have just thrown away the gift. It's still in my dad's closet probably somewhere. He's, he's kept on them things forever. But if we don't realize the value of what we're investing in, we'll never really fully invest in this season of singleness. Um, I've been praying tonight and just kind of the idea that I want you to know is singleness is a gift. And I'm going to read through this 1 Corinthians passage and you're going to see it. Paul's telling the church at Corinth, this is an important part uh, of the body of Christ. This is an important season of your life. Um, if you aren't married, you're single, just so you know. Just to cover that up, if you're not married, you're single. Everybody said, oh, what is he trying to say? Oh, you preaching my message. Come on. 1 Corinthians 7, y'all ready? It's quiet in here. Y'all good? Some month of love. Some month of love. Y'all lighten up. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8. Y'all ready? But I wish everyone were what? Oh, my gosh. We got to. Okay, okay, okay. Let me talk to this side of the room. But I wish everyone were just as I am, yet each person has a special gift 
from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. So stay single. Lord, we pray that you spoke powerfully tonight. Lord, we... No, that's not it. That's not it, I promise. I got y'all. For real, message translation says this. God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. Now, what I'm not saying is some of you are going to stay single for a while. And the Bible does talk about a group of people that could choose that because of the benefits of the single life. But we're going to take a, a look at the benefits of singleness tonight talking about the gift of singleness. Let me pray for our message before we dive into this scripture really quick. God, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for a group of people who obviously showed up tonight. They want to dig into the word. They want to know more about how they can live their lives sold out for you. God, this is the first eight, this, this is the first season of our life that we get to choose where we end up every single day, and they chose to be here. Lord, they want to hear from you. They want to know what, how to win in their relationships. They want to know exactly what you're asking them to do. They want to be faithful. They want to be obedient. And God, I pray that anything that I say that is not of you, just let it fall aside. And God, I pray anything that you want them to hear, Lord, speak directly to their hearts, Lord, that they would receive it and they would run with it. God, because we know your Holy Spirit's good to do that. Lord, we pray for City Church today, their college ministry, college uh, city. Lord, we pray for them as they're meeting right now. God, I pray that as they continue to witness and try to reach this city, reach this campus of all four campuses here in Conway, Lord, I pray favor and an anointing on their leaders. Lord, I pray that everything that they do would be blessed and that many would come to know you by the efforts they do every single day in the time that they put in to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Um, most of you are single in here. Most of you want to be dating. Hello. And then at some point, you'll probably end up getting married. Just so you, That's kind of the natural progression of things. How many of y'all would agree with that? Um, but I'm going to ask a question. What is marriage? And if I were to ask every single one of you, and I had the time, which we do not, because all of you would be like, I disagree with her. She is, how does she even get that answer? Everyone would probably give something different. Probably along the same direction, but something probably different because you have a view of marriage that has been probably crafted by experience or what, your parent, what you've seen through your parents' marriage or your friend's marriage, if you're old enough to have friends that are married. Your view of marriage has been crafted by your experiences. But no single person will ever be able to tell you exactly what married life is like. Uh, I preface my next statement with marriage is amazing, so rewarding. I love being married to Emily. She makes me better. I love it. Um, but sometimes married life's hard. Sometimes married life, I, I just want a little bit of the taste of single life again. Uh, and that's dangerous to say as a married man, but there's just so many things that come with it. Um, marriage is, is work. The, the way you used to live is no longer how you live. Marriage changes a lot about how you live your daily life. I'm going to go into some of those here in a second. But we're going to pick up 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35. Jump all the way down there with me. We're going to finish reading this verse. It says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. What, what is this life that he's talking about? Married life. Married life. Free from the concerns of this married life. What does that even mean? An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. 
But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided in the same way. A woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married man has to think about her earthly, or a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. It goes on to say later in that verse that married life brings about distractions. And I was like, you are wrong. <laughs> no, but for real, there are things in, our, in married life that you, you, you kind of inherit as soon as you say, I do. Like there, there are some days, um, I just want to do whatever I want. Um, I, I want to go play golf. I want to go do the things that I want to do. Maybe that's sit at Starbucks and read for a couple hours. Um, but if that's our day off, we're probably doing something together. Uh, our budget is not necessarily the money that I get to spend. It's what we get to spend. There are so many different things that, that come with marriage. There are days I want to sit at the house and watch TV. But as I sit and watch my wife clean the house, I know she's about to be pissed. If I sit on the couch and I watch TV while she's cleaning the whole house, and if I don't want her to be mad for the next couple of days, your boy's going to be jumping in. I'm going to be cleaning. I'm going to be dusting. I'm going to be vacuuming. But I would rather be sitting on the couch. There's things that change when you get married. I'm asking questions like, have I pursued Emily this week? Does she feel valued? Have I served her? Have, have I proved to her that I care and love her recently? When is our date night? I need to start planning some of these things. Like, There's so many thoughts running through our minds. There's so many things Paul calls distractions when you get married. Uh, there's no pressure to a married, life, married man like anniversaries or birthday parties or like um, birthday parties. <laughs> we don't just like throw a ton of birthday parties. <laughs> but like birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, there's so many, there's so many, there's a couple of events all throughout the year. Christmas is one of them too, um, that are, just bring a lot of pressure. Valentine's Day is one of them. Luckily, she's not a huge Valentine's Day fan. Um, but last anniversary, I'll just tell you, I, I did it. I went for it. I didn't get her anything. We, we had talked previously, and I thought we had agreed on nothing, but honestly, that was probably just me. I get nervous. In the moment, I'm like, what, it needs to be something she likes. It needs to be something she can use. Gosh, it can't be like workout clothes because she's going to be like, what are, you, what are you trying to say? And I'm like, oh, oh gosh. It can't be something sexy because then it's like, all you want is sex. I can't believe you. Uh, it, it can't be like something for the house because then she's like, oh, you think I just clean all day? What do you think? Like, there's so many, there, there's a box where it's like, oh, these would be cool. But she's like, mm-mm, you better not. And then there's another box where it's like, yeah, I want these things and these. But those things are always like, I don't really know. Because if, if it's clothes, I don't know what's in. And if I buy it and she's like, my mom will always say, and she gets frustrated with this. She's like, I just never know what to get her. And I'm like, me either. <laughs> Like, welcome to the club. Like, I don't know either. It's so hard. There's so many things. But, fellas, one thing you cannot do is just not get anything. That's not how you win. I'm here, my testimony, but I'm allowed to prove it. God's grace is so good. You got to get them something. Just go, just go for it. You can deal with the punishment of getting her something she don't like later. Happy wife, happy life. She was not happy, I'll tell you that. Singleness, though, is going to be really hard, too. I know I'm bragging on marriage and I'm talking about how hard marriage is, but singleness is hard. Singleness, there's a lot of thoughts. Man, I, I don't, will, will I ever get out of this season? 
God, why are you having me here? I don't want to be here. Um, singleness, there's a lot of, some of, there's a lie about singleness that it's lonely. It's lonely if you isolate yourself. Singleness is not supposed to be isolating. It's a time for you to invest and get it plugged in. And like Courtney said, getting involved in the local church. And we're going to talk all about those things here in a minute. But singleness is hard. I want to break down the gifts of singleness. Point number one. You got to write this down. Well, it's going to be a, quite a few points tonight. I'm sorry I didn't do this to you. It's going to be fairly practical from here on out. Singleness is a gift from God. You're like, you just said that. That's the main point tonight. The thing is, when I was single and I was in college, I was in elevation and I was serving God and I was in a life group and I was not in a lot of relationships in college. So it was hard for me to see singleness as a gift because I was always thinking, man, when is this, when's this going to change? How many of y'all are uh, single in the house? Not married. Not married in the house. Keep your hands up real quick. Fellas, look around. Let's do it. We can do this. All the fellas' hands went down. They're like, oh my gosh, not me. Like, come on, boys, let's go. Uh, you all have the gift of singleness. Because that's where you are right now. And I'm not saying you'll be forever be alone. That's not what I'm saying. Right now, you have the gift of singleness. Paul said it. Hey, it's best that you stay single. It's best that you stay unmarried because you get to focus. You get to concentrate on the things that are important. Pleasing God. That's why you're here. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians 7. But if you can't, it says later on in that verse, then get married. Singleness is for a season. A lot of you in here probably are wanting to get married, if I'm if I could guess, probably most of you are. Singleness is for a season, but we have to realize that it's a gift, and if we don't understand it's a gift, we'll never really receive it. We won't take advantage of the season that we're in. When I was at CBC, I came in 2007, way back. Uh, there, was a, there was a phrase that went around campus my freshman year, and I was like, that's, that's where I'm going. Uh, ring by spring. Um, so... Your boy wearing carpenter jeans rolls up, August 2007, the new man on campus playing baseball. He's got it going on. Uh, I thought, I'm going to a Christian school. The, the phrase that everyone's saying is ring by spring. If you're a Christian man, you're at this college. It's like a lot of people date. They get engaged by the spring, and then they're married sometime that next year. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's what I want. But that didn't happen. This was me. This was my first love. Yeah, that's 18-year-old me. How many of y'all know what game that is? Guitar Hero, let's go. But my boy's back there on the drums, that's rock band. Or what is it, garage? No, rock band, yeah, yeah. I could tear up the drums. I mean, this game, they have it at uh, Dave & Buster's, the guitar. Man, I will live there. I'll spend all my time. I don't get any points. I'm just jamming. Looks like I'm at my own concert when I'm there. This is, I, I love it. Uh, but I came to Elevation, and I thought for sure, I was, I was, everywhere I was going, I was looking for Boo. I was trying to figure out, is this it? Is this her? Is this her? Everywhere I passed. I even said, I do not, somebody on staff right now at New Life Church, he was dating a girl at CBC. He went there too. And I went up to his girlfriend and said, you're so beautiful. That's not how you do it. I'm telling you, some, some of you boys are dumb. You do not do that. I can tell you exactly who it is. I won't. 
for his safety. But we laugh about it now. He's married, has, has a kid. It's amazing. But that's so stupid. But we get so, we get so one-sided, so focused on, man, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. Slow down. This season is a gift for you. God's created. This is the only season we're guaranteed. You're born into singleness. And until you get married, you're there. This is the only season we're guaranteed. I want us to, to tonight, as we look through this, I want us to figure out how do we intentionally accept this gift, receive it, but embrace it. Really go with the things that God's telling us. Seek him. God, what do I need to work on? How do I become the best version of myself? And let's really embrace the gift of singleness. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like sifting shadows. How many of y'all thankful that God does not change? Every gift is from him, and singleness is included in that. This is going to be tough for some of y'all to hear. The reason some of you are still single is because you haven't embraced the gift that God's given you. God's saying, hey, I want you to work on something. Hey, you see that anger? You see that pride? You, you see that manipulation? I want to work on that because if, if you take that into a relationship, it's going to hurt. Hey, I want, but we're not listening. And I was there. For a long time. I didn't get married until I was 27. Hello. 28 maybe. I don't even know. It was so many years. I lost track. <laughs> God wants to teach you in this season. God has so much for you in this season. Point number two. Singleness is for you to focus on God. Focus. You have very few other commitments in this time. Some of you work, so you have a job. Some of you, most of you go to school. Uh, most of you have some payment, like... You may have a car payment or you may have a rent payment, but there are not many commitments that are tying you down in this season. This is a great season to focus on God. I remember uh, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If we draw near to God in this season, we're going to be amazed at what, at, at what we benefit from, the, from investing in our relationship with God. When I look back to my college years, I remember having time. How many of y'all know you have some time? If you had a kid and a husband and a house payment and a job eight to five, like you have less time. You've got time. You can spend it how you want. I remember going to a coffee shop mid-afternoon and I would just camp out. I would read. I would hang out with friends. I would study the word. I would do whatever I wanted. Time to serve wherever you needed. Time to be involved in any area of the church. I was in a life group serving in our church, reading his word. Get discipled. Man, it's the time to focus on God. A lot of what I learned in, in that season, in the, in the season of singleness, now I didn't do a lot of things right. I'll tell you that. But a lot of the things I did do right, I'm now benefiting from because the disciplines that I made when I was single and in that season of my life just carried over into marriage. So now my time with God, it didn't change after I got married. I didn't replace that time with something else. No, that time became important. That time became a part of married life because I knew that it was important. The disciplines you set up now in your time with God to focus on Him are going to carry into marriage. So what disciplines will you create right now? If you, if you have poor work ethic, you can work on that right now. If you're terrible with what finances you do have, you can work on that right now. If you don't have a job, you can work on that right now. <laughs> Ladies, make sure your man has a job. Pastor Rick has said this. So many other pastors have said this. Before God gave Eve to Adam, he gave Adam a job. Ladies, you can't make him want to work. You can't make him be better. Fellas, step up. It's time. 
you got time right now to work on you. It's time to focus on your relationship with God. Point number three, singles, singleness is for you to grow. God created this season on purpose to, de- to develop you for yours. This, per- this single, singleness season is on purpose for God to develop your purpose. I will. God created this season of singleness on purpose to develop your purpose. The gifts that he's put inside of you. The, the integrity. The faithfulness. The obedience. The loyalty. The being a man or a woman of your word. Working through difficult situations. All of these things are things that you learn in this season of singleness. Because when you get married, if you're trying to work on single you and married you, hello, it ain't going to work. By working on you right now, you're preparing for boo. You need to know. So as you look at Pastor Rick and maybe, how many of y'all listen to like Michael Todd, Stephen Furtick, a lot of these pastors, maybe on YouTube? I like them too. I like them too. But a lot of you are like, man, they they blew up. They're so good. I want to be a pastor. I want to be on YouTube. I want to be thousands of views. I love what he's saying. He's like, I can't do Michael Todd. I'm just saying. Like, but he preaches hard. He preaches good. He, there's so many pastors that we look up to and we're like, man, I wish I could read the word like him. I wish I could understand the Bible like he does. I wish I could hear from God, it seems like, the way that he does. Listen, they're, they're communicating and working in, in the fruit of their faithfulness since they were 15 or 20. So they've got 20 years of faithfulness, seeking God, growing in their relationship with God. And now you're, you're realizing and seeing the fruit of that relationship. So those one-liners that everybody's tweeting, those one-liners that Instagram has, those are 20 years of learning and growing in their relationship with God. You can have that. You can't expect to be where they are right now. So this Play-Doh is up here. Y'all are probably like, what is he? <laughs> He's so weird. So a lot of us, with our, with our singleness season, I was definitely included in this category. So if you, if you fall under this category, uh, just know that I'm here with you. I'm going to put this mic down really, really quickly. Where's everybody at? God wants to take his time. And he's like, no. I'd like to tell you that I'm making something really cool, but I'm not. But he's crafting it. He's like, no, I want to work on this. Some of this insecurity, I want to remove that. I want to take that off of there. That's not good. Some of these things that you've been living with, and you're like, man, I, they'll get over that. They're not going to pay attention to that. That'll be fine. My anger, oh, gosh, they're gonna, they'll look over that. No, God's like, hey, some of these things that I want to work on you in, and just be patient with me. And as God continues to craft, it, it says in the word that we are God's masterpiece, his handiwork, created in his image. Look, let God work in this season. Because the thing that he's going to produce is going to be far better than the thing that you will produce. Don't try to do it yourself, because for years I tried. Hey, girl, you're beautiful. That's so dumb. I needed God to work miracles in my life, and he did. 
It took me 10 years to get married. I hope it doesn't take that long for some of you, because some of you are like, oh my gosh, I'm 19. That's forever. Lord, bless them. <laughs> Let God work. It's time for you to grow. And so how, I want to go through five ways really quickly, and I know I'm almost out of time. Y'all got time for this? Five things really quick. How do we grow in our season of singleness? I'm going to hit these really quick. Heal from past hurts and sin patterns. Fifty percent of marriages, Christian or non-Christian, end in divorce. And you're like, how can that? How can that be? I don't, what? What do you like? How can Christians? Some of your parents are believers. Some of them have grown up in church, but they've still gotten divorced. And you're like, God, why? What is going on? Why is this happening? I was talking to Amir this week. Mar- By the way, marriage only magnifies what you carry into it. So if you think, oh, they'll they'll get over that. No, it's you're. It's going to magnify when you get into a relationship. Because the things that frustrate you now, you're living with somebody that's going to frustrate you at some point. And then it's going to be, you hear these, these stories of like, my first year of marriage was hell on earth. I'm just telling you right now. You don't have to live that. You do not have to live that life. The fears and anxieties that come because, man, I don't want to get married because what if I do it wrong? What, you do not have to live that because of the investment you're taking right now. Me and Amir were talking this week. He's a, he's, he does a lot of counseling, and from what is understood from a lot of counselors, this, the marriage problems that people are, are divorcing for and the things that are seen through some of these counseling sessions, they're realizing they're not marriage issues, they're singleness issues. And people are not taking care of what they need to take care of while they're single. So in this season, heal from past hurts and sin patterns. I even told you this, my story. When, I, when we got engaged, I took lust and temptation into our, our engagement and into marriage. And I'll tell you, the first year, we had to live with the consequences of my sin. I'm free, and I've been healed, and those things we've worked through, glory be to God. But let me tell you, it puts strain because of the pain I brought into it. We have to heal from past hurts. We have to take care of the things that we can take care of as individuals, as us. Some of you walk through some pretty horrendous things as kids and teenagers, I can't even imagine. I'm not going to act like I understand all of them. But we have to take the time because God's saying, hey, I, I love you. I, I'm here for this. I can, I can work with imperfection. All we have to do is come to God and let him heal us. Number two, learn how to love. Learn how to love. Let me ask you, how have your past relationships been? Whew. Got them. If they've crashed and burned, we need to change something. If they've ended and you don't talk and you've, you've posted something on Facebook or Instagram about, I can't just, I just can't believe people. You know, you know that post. <laughs> oh, people are so rude. Listen, learn how to love. Ladies, you're, you're not going to be able to expect a man to be perfect. Men, your wife is not going to be perfect. The only love that you can count on to be perfect is the love of a perfect heavenly father. And if you don't get that relationship right, it's going to be hard. The Lord wants you to know his real love before you try finding love in somebody else. I, I just rolled across this video I need to show you. So this, yeah. 
Y'all ladies be like, uh uh. I thought it was done. <laughs> that dude in the front. <laughs> I think it was staged. It was probably staged. I have no idea. Listen, you got to learn how to love. Nobody that you get married to is going to be perfect. But you got to learn how to love. Point number three serve. Go all in to the things of God. You have the availability. Go all in. Your ministry should be more impactful than mine. As a single person, your ministry should be more impactful than mine is. Why? I've been to Kenya, Rwanda, Haiti, Chicago. I've been on a lot of mission trips since I was in college. Cuba. I was getting there. I've been to a lot of mission trips, but I've only been to one since I've been married. Why? Life changes. As Paul calls them, distractions. There are things in our life that we're not going to be able to change when we get married. And I'm not saying that marriage holds me back, because it doesn't. Priorities in life just changes. I've been to Cuba one time. That's because we lead it. I don't know if I would have gone other than that. So in this season of your life, jump all in. Serve in kid life. Serve in worship. Serve in elevation. Join the internship. Like Do the things that you want to do and try to develop the gifts inside of you because you will not get this season back. Point four, be discipled. Let others challenge you, coach you, encourage you, and push you in the things of God. Disciple other people, point number five. The greatest joy we get as believers is sharing Jesus with others. Man, if you haven't been able to share your faith with people yet, man, talk to me. I would love to be able to encourage you and teach you how to do it because there is no other most fulfilling thing that we get to do than tell people about the love of Christ. We're surrounded by thousands of college students every day. Let's have the boldness to reach out. Disciple other people. And some of you feel like singleness is a setback. I'm about to close. Some of you feel like singleness is a setback, holding you back from the things that God has for you, holding you back from real, true love and relationships. Singleness is not a setback. It's a setup. If you take time right now and really focus on this season, focus on your relationship with God, spend time with Him, dive all in, start serving, protect this season, realize that it's a gift, man, it's a setup. The last probably five or six years before Emily and I got married were the most fruitful in my relationship with God. Do I think it's a coincidence that after those four or five years, I then found my wife? No. God said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on you. You're gonna spend a few years learning, sitting at my feet, learning how to read the word, learning how to lead people, learning everything that I've done for you until I get it in my heart. And then he says, all right. I think you're ready. It's a setup. God created marriage for us. He designed it for us to enjoy. He designed it for us to experience more of his fullness and who God is. It's a perfect picture of our relationship with Jesus. J.P. Pokluda. I don't even know if that's how you say his last name. He pastored the porch uh, down at Watermark in Texas. Now he pastors his own church. But he said, you don't lose if you stay single. You lose if you waste your singleness. Elevation. I know I went way over. I'm so sorry. Let's not waste this season. If I can look back, and some of these things have just been from my experience, and it's fairly practical tonight. 
but I don't want you to waste it. I want you to get to the point where you start dating when you get engaged and when you get married to look back and say, man, I did everything that I could to grow in my relationship with God. I won the most people I could win. I went, I gave all of myself to serving the house of God. I gave a 100% to the kingdom of God while I was single. And I'm going to do it while I'm married. But you have so much availability. Let's not waste our singleness. I want us to look at it. God, thank you for this gift. Because I'll tell you, the season is going to end. Just like winter's going to end, praise God. Your season of singleness will end. And you're going to think back. You're going to be like, man, God, I wish I would have blank. But for a lot of you, because of these next few years, you're going to be able to look back and say, God, I'm so thankful I blank. I'm so thankful you blank. Because of the intentionality and the focus you were able to give in this season, realizing it was a gift that you could focus on your relationship with God. Let's not waste it. I want to pray for us, God.